who is in the center here, uh, was a colleague in the international affairs part of the general counsel's office. And Gary told me about a relationship that uh, was, of, at that point, longstanding between the Bethesda Jewish congregation, which he is a member of, and Bradley Hills Church, Bradley Hills Presbyterian. Um, and it was always fascinating to me. And now that we have the season of justice building bridges, it seemed like a good time to hear more about it. And in the interim, uh, there has been an addition, which, <laughs> which is Idara Jaferia, uh, Islamic Center. And so we've got the three Abrahamic uh, religions going together here. And so, uh, so that, is how the, that is how this morning's open forum started. And I just want to introduce people here. Uh, Jean Tustian has been at Bradley Hills since 1969. And as she told me, there, there were at that point three congregations on the signpost, uh, which in, included at that time Bradley Hills and Bethesda Jewish Congregation and also St. George's Greek Orthodox Church, um, which then built up enough money to go build its own building. And so, so now uh, we have, the, uh, sorry, uh, and, and Jean was active in the PTA and the church all along when, after, after getting there in 1969 and taught in the church nursery school and read stories to kids monthly and enjoyed that. She was the assistant librarian at Landon School for 10 years and taught at Creative Summer at Holton Arms for 22 years. So she clearly loves kids. And uh, she comes to us with the title, The Chief Weeder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and as I said, Gary and I were colleagues at the Treasury Department. Um, and in line with, the, uh, with this morning's theme, uh, there is an Intercongregational Partnership Committee, or IPC, which is among the three churches. And Gary was at one point the, uh, uh, he's, he's served on the, uh, the Bethesda Jewish Congregation's Board of Trustees, and uh, he also was on the IPC from 2006, or he was head of the ITC from 2006 to 13, is that right? 2002 to 13, okay. Um, okay. He led the efforts to develop the relationship with Idari Jaferia Jaferia since 2003, and he's a member but no longer the chair of the IPC. And Faisal Shirazi is community member of Idari Jaferia, and he's been that for over 20 years, and indeed uh, he was there when the center was, uh, was founded, 
and uh, he served as a board of director and secretary at Idara Jaferia uh, Islamic Center. It, the center is a Shia Muslim community center, and currently he's serving his community as an interfaith liaison, and he also teaches at the uh, University of Maryland University College. So let me turn this over. I will, I will uh, let you go ahead and start, Gary, and, and hand the mic to Jean. And I will tell you, I'm going to disappear just before the end because the first service singers are singing at the second service. Figure that one out. And uh, so I will turn the mic over to Sandy Meredith at that point. Okay, well, thanks very much, Bill. Um, as you said, I've been a member of Bethesda Jewish Congregation. I actually joined it in 1998, and uh, uh, we do have uh, our relationship between BJC and uh, Bradley Hills began uh, over 50 years ago in, I think, 1967. And uh, so Gene knows a lot more about that older history than I do. By the time I had gotten there, it was well established that we had between the two of us, um, things like every year, probably our big event was a Thanksgiving service, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we'd get together. And otherwise, we'd be in the same building, not too much that we do together, but certainly that was the intent, always. And it, um, uh, <coughs> we happened to have a uh, transition among rabbis in right around 2001, and it, it actually, we worked it out in August. Uh, we were supposed to start, a new rabbi was supposed to start in October, but then September 11th happened. And uh, we had just instantaneously, they called a joint service of the church and the synagogue for the next night that a rabbi, Sonny, uh, not even a rabbi, but he and Susan Andrews, the minister at uh, Bradley Hills, presided over, filled up the whole place, and had this tremendous spirit that people had not really had before of, of our two congregations joining together. We had had, and, and at BJC we have quite a few interfaith couples, and uh, one thing that someone else had started a few years before I had been there was an interfaith couples group that uh, when our kids would go to Hebrew school and Saturday morning we'd get together and sit around and talk about our issues. And I'd attend it, and I remember people talking about, oh, what a wonderful experience this was to know, to just have our two faiths joining together and, and everything would be solved if just everybody did mm -hmm. that. And the thought occurred to me, but wait a second, we're, we're missing somebody here. We ought to get uh, some Muslim congregation involved. And uh, I said that, and people said, yeah, that's an interesting idea. Who, who will we find? And none of us had the foggiest idea who we'd find. <laughs> and uh, so I started looking into that. And, um, but on and off, didn't do that much. One thing that sort of helped was that we had uh, construction in our, uh, for a long time, the um, BJC, we wanted a worship space that we could use for our Shabbat services on Friday night, Saturday morning, and that finally got built by 2002. So again, we had a huge dedication ceremony, and that started the impetus for just between the two of us doing more things together. And um, so I continually, they had me join the uh, IPC, our committee, and uh, ended up uh, co-chairing it. And that was my idea that I would continue to bring up. And we'd have the same conversation. Yeah, let's do this. Well, how do we do it? Who knows? 
So um, I'd look around. I'd try to attend events that I saw, like Israeli-Palestinian events and things. Um, but they, a lot of those people just were not from a particular Muslim congregation. So I didn't really um, see any avenues there. And uh, ultimately, it so happened that the Dara Jafariya was getting the same idea themselves. They ought to do something with other religious communities. And in July of 2003, they decided to have a, uh, a seminar that they put on at, uh, they rented a big um, auditorium at College Park and uh, a lot of space and dedicated a lot of people to it, sent invitations to uh, congregations all around the area. And a uh, rabbi got one, he sent it, gave it to me, he said, you probably might want to go to this. And absolutely, so I went. And uh, it was interesting, there were probably 200, 250 people from the Adara Jafariya who were there, all looking forward to, to seeing us. There might have been five people from outside of the, uh, uh, their congregation who showed up. Um, and that was, in a way, unfortunate, but fortunate for me that I was one of them. So, uh, you know, I got to meet the Imam and get our conversation started. And uh, that's really where we got together. And, and uh, the next step for us was when I told uh, Rabbi Sani about it, he said, that's glad you're doing this, but I need to get a, my own relationship going with the clergy and with uh, Bradley Hill. So the, the three of them met, um, got together, thought something could work. Starting in January of 04, we started our first joint programs. The first one was a discussion uh, of, of, it was led by a woman who'd written, a, a woman rabbi who'd written a book about women clergy uh, of all religions and talked about that. And so we had a few people come. And again, and this, this uh, where we are in, in Bethesda is about a half hour drive from where they are in Burtonsville. And that's always been a difficulty that we're not right together and always our events will have far more of our people than their people and likewise with their events. Um, and so the, the big challenge has been getting their people to come to our events, our people to come to their events. And that uh, just kind of built up over time. The, the first one we had, um, <clears throat> so we did that one and just had a lull for a few months trying to build up something. The next event we had was uh, after Thanksgiving of 04, and um, we uh, thought, okay, let's have the three clergy come together and just have a discussion of like uh, interfaith, Abrahamic religions 101. And we're looking for some kind of catchy theme and someone said, well, why don't we put on our uh, flyer uh, uh, a rabbi, a minister, and an imam walked into a bar. No, <laughs> didn't want that. We had a rabbi, minister, and imam walked into a conference hall. Uh, so that, that's what we ended up doing. And got a pretty good attendance for that. Um, and uh, after that, we, we started to you know, think about what more, how do we get ourselves together in other things. We had, there was, uh, someone suggested a movie that they'd seen on PBS that was out that we could use on uh, Islam, and uh, so we we did that uh, with um, you know it was maybe a two-hour very good feature that they had, and uh, we showed the movie and had a and A session with people from the mosque there to you know answer all sorts of questions of stupid questions you always wanted to ask, um, and and gradually then we did other uh, congregational events. We we started um, one thing every year. Uh, well, I don't know if it 
happened before us, but uh, they have a, uh, an iftar, a feast of Ramadan, um, uh, one time for interfaith people, and uh, they invited us to come. And that's been a staple ever since 2006. They've been having us there, as well as some other congregation. Faso can talk about that. Um, <coughs> we have, in our Thanksgiving search, uh, service, our idea was we ought to expand it to become a three-way service. And starting in 2006, that's what we, we did. So what we do there is, uh, it now is just on Sundays. We used to alternate between a Sunday and a Saturday service. The Saturday one, it turned out our rabbi felt that there were many uh, fundamental things of a Jewish service that had to be there, uh, which would, when you combine it with a few things from the Muslim and Christian uh, part, ended up as a two-hour service. And that was just <laughs> too much for a lot of people. So ever since then, people have been more comfortable. Let's just do it on the, that Sunday. And um, so it's run, our, you know, the, the lead is taken by David, is our minister at Bradley Hills, but all three do get involved in one part or another. Um, there is always, uh, as part of the service, there is a discussion session when the three of them just get together in front of all of us to talk about whatever the particular topic of that year happens to be. And uh, then we always have a brunch afterwards and try to get people to talk to each other and tell everybody, please mix it up when you speak and you know when you sit down and uh, try to have some good discussions. And th those have worked out quite well. Um, and uh, the other thing we've, so we have these all congregational events, a few in between, we've had some, the educational kinds of events we've done. Uh, we have had um, one thing that I really have enjoyed, uh, maybe more than anything else, is we do about now about once a year potluck dinners at somebody's house. Uh, Fassel's hosted them, I've hosted them. Gene's house hasn't been big enough, but other people have hosted them. And we get about 30 people together. Uh, and it's a more intimate conversation. And we, it's usually, we always uh, just have socializing for the first hour and a half or so. Uh, people always bring in the food and generally people I think do a little bit more of an effort at these things to have good dishes than you would at a huge event. And uh, then we would pick a topic for everyone to discuss in the second hour of conversation. And they've been things like, um, what, what do we do to get our kids involved? What uh, issues have we had? Sometimes with current events, particular issues after the uh, Charlie Hebdo uh, murders in Paris. We talked about that and the reactions of people. Uh, we've had a few events, uh, uh, some groups that have interested us. One is uh, New Story Leadership, which is a group that um, we and Bradley Hills have been involved in that brings in Israeli and Palestinian uh, young people for a summer to get together, work with each other, work in internships, and and then when they go back, the idea is to get them involved in some uh, project of, that would really help in developing Israeli-Palestinian peace. And so we would have at our potluck dinner someone from there just to explain what they're doing and try to gather support for it. We've done a, um, you know, a couple things like that. We had last year, the one we did, we had someone from Moms for Gun Sense to talk to us a little bit, and we had a uh, candidate who was running for Congress, uh, Nadia Hashimi. Afghan-American interesting lady who just came to talk. And we, we are not a politically, you know, weren't endorsing anybody, but just as a, a educational kind of thing um, we, we've tried to do. But th those have been very good events for 
getting the more of the spirit together. Um, we've done other things. We've, we have a book club. We once uh, tried to get people from the mosque to come. It was a book on um, Al-Qaeda and 9-11, and it was, it was an interesting discussion. Again, the, the challenge of that has been that if we do it at our place, it's very hard to get people from their place to come and vice versa. So we haven't done too many of those. We've had a women's group. Gene can talk about that. Um, Habitat for Humanity. We've done a lot of uh, yearly builds there. For first, it was DC Habitat. More recently, at Montgomery Habitat, the mosque has a huge youth group that they've uh, much bigger than ours or the churches. That oh, yeah. they've gotten a lot of people to come for those. Um, we the one biggest thing we did there was in 2012. There was a larger project that Montgomery Habitat had uh, in Gaithersburg, and we put together a. Um, Habitat for Humanity interfaith unity build in which we would get, uh, the three of us led a solicitation to congregations around Montgomery County to provide money, provide volunteers, and uh, we had several both volunteer sessions and raised over $50,000 for, for that project and uh, enjoyed doing that. Um, let's see, we've had uh, one thing we had in 2016 as the Trump and his uh, philosophy became a little more widespread than we liked. Uh, we thought we ought to put up a banner to show that um, we and the Jewish, Christian, and Muslim congregations were united on things. And this is one side of the banner is what you see here. The other side, it just said, uh, join us as we stand together. And we, it's maybe six feet by six feet, and uh, we put it outside our uh, church and synagogue for we, we still have it every now and then, but kept it out there and had an event to, to dedicate that. We had um, more recently, um, with after the travel ban, we did a joint service for refugees. And the, the timing was fabulous because it, it so happened that in the middle of our service, our uh, <laughs> pastor had gotten an email saying that right then the Ninth Circuit had invalidated the travel ban. So that was, he announced that to everyone. Everybody stood <laughs> and cheered for a long time. So you know, we uh, continued to do that. We had a service for after the Pittsburgh shootings and got people from all our congregations together. Uh, Bill had asked me to talk a little bit about what we think we've done to help understanding between our faiths and things. and I. Um, I can't make huge claims that we've, we've saved the world yet or anything remotely close, uh, but um, I will say that every program I have, or we, we get new people, I hear from them in emails about what an inspiring program they, they had and how much they liked it, want, want to participate in more things. We, uh, just in the relationships between people, I, I've seen a great progression between initially a lot of awkwardness, a lot of just not knowing what's who's who, who's what. Um, I can remember so many of our, our initial programs that there'd be a Q&A session and always someone would come up and say, uh, you know, their, their congregation is Shiite, so what's the difference between Sunnis and Shiites? And, and um, you know, maybe after, and they always would be very patiently, even after the fifth and sixth and seventh time they'd hear that question asked, they'd be very patiently uh, answering it. Uh, the last few years I haven't heard those questions, so I, I guess that's, uh, that's, a, that's some progress. Um, oh, okay. So um, anyway, that was basically it. Um, 
We've gotten a little bit of publicity, not that much. Uh, just the one thing I wanted to mention was uh, we had had a Huffington Post article that came out just because uh, David, our minister, knows them well and had one of the most inspiring moments of, I think it was 2015, and it so happened that the um, that Thanksgiving service was right after the massacre in Paris. Um, and uh, so, at least for the Huffington Post, that sort of made an article, even though we had it planned long in advance. The um, people, uh, it was very interesting just to see sort of the comments that people had. And there were some comments, gee, how inspiring it was, and probably even more comments saying, oh, this is a big fake photo op, and you know, we, we know better than that. Uh, so it gave a lot of us an opportunity to respond with comments saying, hey, we've been doing this for 10 years, and this is just you know, one of many things we've been doing, and uh, sorry, that isn't the case. And I don't know whose comments got more attention, but that's, that's where we ended up. So Hi, I'm Reverend Molly Blytheiber, and I'm standing after Jared. I just want to welcome you. We are so glad that you are all here to just give you another special welcome. And I'm wondering what this has meant Yeah, it's, it's been amazing and it's been yeah. a very rewarding experience for our community as well. As, as Gary said, uh, I think we were thinking about this pre-9-11 as well, but just, you know, sometimes it takes something like an incident like that to really come out and get us started doing stuff. Oh, can you hear me? Is it better? Yeah, yeah, just hold it. Hold it, okay. Yeah. So, um, so, so we've been doing a lot of, we started with the Thanksgiving service. We had uh, the, in Ramadan, iftar. We break fast, we pray together. And then but before we break fast, we had speakers from Christian, Jewish, from different denominations, from, from even Catholic. There we had speakers come out and just talk about, we have different topics to discuss over there. Then we ask everybody to come over and break fast with us. You know, I think eating food together is kind of a, I think goes a lot of theme. Get everybody together that way, I think, from, from, from different religious perspective as well. And the other thing has been the social services that we have done together, several of them, like building um, um, Habitat for Humanity stuff. And we always talk about whenever we meet, Thanksgiving service or interfaith, any other interfaith service, we always want to say, oh, we got to do more. We're not doing enough. <laughs> what do we do more? We're always talking about it, right? But then again, the challenges are, at least from my community perspective, that we, you know, we are, most of our, our, us are immigrants from like India and Pakistan. And then we're comfortable in our, what we do in our terms of our culture, in terms of how we pray. And it's hard to just get out and start doing stuff more and more. So it's been a challenge for me, at least, try to get more people of my congregation involved in doing things together as well. Uh, people wants to do it. Everybody wants to do it. Everybody hears it. Oh, they love the idea. Whenever anything like that happens, everybody just loves it. But it's just continuously doing stuff together as we move forward. It's, it's always been a little bit of a challenge as well. You've really um, taken a long time to build this yeah. relationship. It, it's, uh, I know Susan Andrews. Uh -huh, yes. Um,
-hmm. Now, I, went, I wonder if you could say a little bit about when Susan was installed as the presbyter of the whole denomination, it happened in Richmond, and she invited Sonny to chant the Old Testament in Hebrew. Um, and we had a, a, a seminarian who did interpretive dance, and you know, Susan had new ideas, and she shared them with the entire de denomination on that occasion. Um, I just realized I wasn't holding this. Um, one of our chief people has been Amberine Jaffrey, who, the, after the first Thanksgiving. Uh, at the first Thanksgiving joint event, began finding women and saying, let's do a women's group and talk about things in the family, in our faiths. And we did that, and for that we've lost her. She, she, they got transferred overseas. But we did major life events in our families, marriage, birth, death, the rituals. Um, we had a Seder. Uh, did we explained a lot about personal family things. Um, and she's somebody who would go to the schools and say, you can ask me anything. And, oh, okay. And then she'd get, you know, what do you do to that? To that? All the, the family things, the, the issues that you have in a family with children and so forth. I guess what I'd say about our relationship, the three of us, is that it began with the two of us as a friendly landlord-tenant thing. <laughs> um, we had space, we needed money, they needed space, and they had some money. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it, it, we were in bumping into each other in the halls and being friends, but then with the, with the um, Gary got us going at Thanksgiving, um, that that changed, and we became real friends. And our two um, educators, the Marin and Karen show, um, got the kids involved. The kids get squirrely and they anxious for a long dinner with adults, so they would the the three faiths would organize something for kids, um, so to understand each other. So that component has been major. That, and it was Karen, our Karen, the educator, who recruited me. Um, I'm wondering, you hear all of the good things. Can you, can you say just one thing where you stepped on each other's toes and how you were able to get through that? I wouldn't say step on toes so much as it's distance well, and distance. busy lives. That was part of it. We, we've had some issues. Uh, the biggest one I can think of happened in um, just after our most successful event, in the, like when we first had our all uh, congregation service in 06. Um, the, at the time, the Adara Jafria had a magazine they published quarterly, a, a institute they put together, the Islamic Information Center. They would try to say, basically, we're good people, uh, we get along with everybody, et cetera. And, um, and they put in you know, whatever uh, notable or famous people they, they work with. 
So there is a nice spread of uh, pictures they took of us and de they described our event. It also so happened that um, at about, I guess it was January, and this thing was published in February, if I remember, um, uh, Ahmadinejad, President Ahmadinejad mm. from Iran, had come to visit to the UN. And a couple of their people came to visit with Ahmadinejad. And um, so they brought me this, and there was a little item in their newsletter about, with, with a picture of him, uh, mentioning that they had visited him. And um, I didn't even notice it because I was looking at our spread. I went to a board meeting um, or a synagogue, and I said, look, this is this great spread that we have of all the things that we're doing. And one of our people, it so happened on our board, who was one of the real Israel right or wrong people, um, flipped through it and immediately saw this picture. I said, what is this? Um, what's going on here? And immediately there were some people who said, we we cannot have anything to do with these people. It's just, uh, you know, uh, that, that just is, crosses the line too much. Uh, so we had some very serious discussions, and actually out of that, it, it, I, I think it ultimately was a positive thing because we, um, I mean, one thing before this, we were working with the, this institute, the Islamic Information Center that they had, and they were thinking, later was, well, you know, they're sort of a PR center and they do this PR and we're a synagogue and they're a church so we ought to do it with the mosque. So at that point we kind of changed it and because before that we were just talking about the Islamic Information Center and after that it was just a relationship was with the Adara Jafriya as a religious institution. Um, and I think when we talked about it, we had one of our potlucks was just talking about Iran and Israel. And uh, it was one of my most interesting ones that I, I really liked. That uh, it, it was actually at the house of uh, uh, my main interlocutor from the mosque, who shortly before Fassel had joined us, uh, and he had it at his house. And we actually gave some people some readings, and we had some real good discussions about, you know, why Ahmadinejad was offensive to us, why Israel is important to us, but at the same time they would talk about why uh, why there are problems with Israel. And we've been able to have some of those good frank discussions. Yes. That, and vulnerability that you all have, yes. have built up. Mm -hmm. um, and do you want to say anything more about that? I mean, this, this I think happened pretty, I mean, before I joined all this, but, but the thing, just, just in general, uh, from Iran perspective, I think there's only Shia Muslim like country. Now Iraq has majority of the Shias there too, but they have, you know, kind of going back and forth. So sometimes I think it kind of gets, and we as respectfully, we a lot of alims, a lot of uh, scholars in Iran as well. So we as, as the Muslim community always very respectful towards our scholars. So I think that sometimes since they're in power as well, some of them are, it, it gets confusing to some, that's why I think it's important to keep religion and and I think government separate anyhow. So, so when people are Shia, it just does not necessarily mean they're pro-Iran, but they're mostly pro-Shiaism in general. I think that's where I think I think that's something we have the communication goes on. We need to kind of have that out as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Because a lot yeah. of people don't even know the difference between Shia and Sunni. Right. 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 So Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think it would be good to introduce
Campbell Grove. I'm delighted to hear what you're doing at your church. You know, we have a congregation, a Jewish congregation, that uh, uh, meets here weekly or whatever. And it really, the question is probably for us, why aren't we doing anything like that? And it's not just between different faiths, but also across the street. We have a Catholic church, we have a Methodist church, we have a, a, an Episcopal church, and, and, and a, a Baptist church. I don't know if we're even doing any kind of discussion with them. I understand at one time the ministers and priests kind of met together, but I don't think that's happening anymore. Why are we so divided? Anybody else? I think the question was to your congregation. I'll just say one thing that you're doing that impressed us, and, and really we, we um, you helped us a lot, was with the refugee family that you're sponsoring. Uh, we did, we've jointly sponsored a family ourselves, but we did it after you, and I remember you did a seminar that some of our people went to to learn about it, and you know, I, I think events like this and maybe other congregations you might want to jointly sponsor other refugees with, or the ones you have with issues. Thank you for lifting that up. We forget that our refugee family yeah. is Muslim. Yeah. And Yeah, and I think you guys also referred uh, Presbyterian Church in Laurel to us. I think it was your congregation. And they reached out to us, and then we have done more interfaith services with them as well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So talking about interfaith activities, I actually was, had the, um, the privilege of being invited recently by a synagogue to go, go to the Adams center or mosque and participate in a Muslim, um, the Friday, Friday, Friday prayers, which is really interesting. And one thing I didn't ask, so I get to ask you, is you know, each of your religions have, there are a lot of prejudice from the outside world towards your religions, some, some religions more than others, at least here. So if, if you were to each take one or two misconceptions that the outside world has of each of your religions, what would it be? And, and to what extent do you feel like you have been able to help counter those misperceptions? We're not the frozen chosen. Presbyterians <laughs> <laughs> are supposed to be real uptight and go by 
Presbyterians are, people think we're, we're uptight, frozen, chosen, and go by the rules, and we're not, we're not, we're warm. That's probably something that other Protestant faiths want to say about Presbyterians. The yeah. other faiths don't even know about that term. They never even heard about it. That's probably true. Say that on a, regarding Jews, I'm not sure what we've ever done successfully to, you know, uh, encounter any particular stereotypes about Jews. Uh, but one thing I think we have done is the idea that that Jews and Muslims are enemies. That I think we have done a lot to counter that, and and we've been working together on a lot of different issues. That uh, I think there's a, maybe a bit less of that perception these days. Um, I think for Muslims, uh, I don't know what one thing perception-wise, but in general, I mean, we, from our parents in general, I mean, I don't, but, you know, like women do hijab and you know, some certain people have beard and all this stuff. In general, when they go out in public, they look a certain way and you have certain things about them, who are they, what they are. I think just getting out in public and talking about, I think it's just, that's kind of, I think, have helped in general, just getting out. Getting to know people, getting to just talk to people, I think that has made a difference. I think. Um, I wonder whether you have ever done or do any combined music programming or cooperative music programming among the three congregations. Muslims don't sing. You well, chant, but yeah. you don't sing. Yeah, we don't really have music in our um, praying. Yeah. So we have chanting, we have singing without music, but in general we don't. So that's a challenge because uh, uh, just recently, uh, Sunny, um, the rabbi, did the Saber at our mosque, and it was amazing service where he picked out the Jewish and Christian, uh, you know, this is, the saber is about getting fruit out, it's about earth. So all the things about he, uh, he, he took out, he wanted to sing as well, and it was kind of a limitation for us in general. He sings like an angel. Yeah, he sings great. Uh, so that's been a challenge. We, we had talked about doing, like maybe singing without music, and we can do that perhaps, but music has been, it's been a challenge for Muslim community. Although something I will say that um, we've reached out to some other Muslim congregations, um, one of which is Sufi, and uh, they are much more amenable to singing and music yeah. than, uh, than the Adara is or other congregations. Yeah. They're, uh, so it really, as we've learned about the great variety in the Muslim community, and one thing that I had really enjoyed was we had a potluck dinner that we brought people both from the Sunni, uh, I mean from the Shiite and the Sufi uh, congregations, and they, to get them to get to know each other. And they've talked to us about it really is helpful for them to see other Muslim groups that sometimes uh, they haven't been exposed to as much as they'd like to be. Yeah, and uh, Sufis actually not only sing, they actually dance on, on some of the chanting and things like that as part of their, their rituals, but as Shia Muslims, we don't. Our Thanksgiving service, the joint Thanksgiving service, is very musical. Um, the, the, the Jews and the Christians have a joint choir. Two weekends before Thanksgiving, come and listen. Come and sing with us.
<clears throat> I'm sorry, I, I don't know the Bradley Hills Presbyterian Church other than where it is. But there's a huge variety in terms of the physical spaces within Christian churches. And there's only a vague similarity between that and the synagogues that I've seen. And there's almost no similarity at all with the mosques that I've seen. And the services that I've seen that are attended in mosques are of a completely different nature than what goes on in, in a Jewish service or in a Christian service. So I'm wondering, when you have a joint service, how do you integrate these things? Can you give us a, a little bit more detail of what, Absolutely. you know, how is, what difference has it made for your church building and, and what kind of building is it and how do you integrate these completely different sorts of things into the space and into the, into the worship service? That's a very good question, and it's something that I think our clergy took a while to try to figure out what, what will work in a joint service. Um, and basically, um, what we have is just a, uh, like the call to worship is something that, that we do, uh, probably more both in Jewish and Muslim than, than Christian, but uh, so we each have our own call to worship that, that we do. Um, and we've had uh, some readings from the uh, Torah and the Quran, as well as some Christian passages that we also do, and even though at least the Muslim uh, services I've attended, they don't do too much of that, um, that is sort of the, the common thing that we can do. One, one thing I just remember so well is that uh, I remember my former interlocutor before Fassel told me, well, after the service, um, we need to pray. And uh, okay, and then we found a place for them to pray, and of course in my head I'm thinking, well, gee, didn't we just do that? And, but but it was you know uh, uh, the way they pray is not the way we pray. So we and and you know at certain times of day, and it so happened that one of the times was shortly after the service. So we gave them a room, and those who wanted to pray did so. And and, and one thing um, we have a, a a very large cross hangs at the crossing in in the um, sanctuary. And uh, some members of BJC were uncomfortable with that. Um, but your, the rabbi at the time, Rabbi Friedman, said, we've been worshiping under the shadow of the cross for centuries. Not a problem. <laughs> uh, but th they eventually uh, put together the, the tablets, which are the Ten Commandments. And they've hung that over the cross for their high holy days in the sanctuary. Um, and it's just a little more comfortable, and there have been several varieties. They've, somebody's come up with a new one from time to time. It, the one now is it's fabric, and it's gorgeous. It's the, the uh, Hebrew letter of the, fir the first, the first he letter of the first of the Ten Commandments, right? Mm -hmm. And the <laughs> there was a, a dove um, thing that we put a. Uh, an ascending dove on outside the church at one at Easter time one year, and Sonny said, "Hmm, you may be going up. Jews have the descending dove." I didn't know that. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, for, for as a symbol, right. our doves go up, theirs go down. So we don't have those anymore. <laughs> We, we have heard of some Orthodox Jews who just refuse to enter our yes. sanctuary, even at our high holy days, because there's a cross there. And having the banner in front of it has 
helped at least with some of them. Not not all, but. Just let me say a few quick words about that as well. Um, so in terms of praying, like if it's a formal praying where you actually have verses and then and, and we do our five-time prayers, that's very different, right? But but we sitting here and talking, to me that's prayer as well, right? So this is also formal praying. So we have that type of stuff and we have uh, on our interfaith, for example, Ramadan iftar. We have speakers come out, they talk about from their religious perspectives. We have a topic, they'll discuss that. Then sometimes we'll have a Q&A session based on that as well. And there's short prayers that goes with that. And then we would break in a separate room to do a formal praying. Some of actually people from different congregations, from Christian Jewish, have joined us on those prayers as well. Um, so, but, but we have a very, you know, uh, like we're formal way of you know doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, but uh, it's been great. Uh, same way in Thanksgiving service, I think Gary already touched on that part as well. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'm not on the ministry uh, committee here, and that's the one that's most active with the reaching out to ecumenical and interfaith opportunities. Um, but all of us have have gone to um, the interfaith works in Montgomery County, where for a whole week we are. Congregation makes some meals for the battered women, and and uh, and then we also go to do some of these marches down, uh, stop gun violence and and uh, you know environmental things. Uh, you know, going down Massachusetts Avenue, and 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 that's that's the uh, D.C. inner inner faith, something or other. I'm sorry to be so ignorant, but um, it seems to me that. Both of those groups do things that all of us could go to and, and feel part of. And if we could be invited to come to some of your joint opportunities, I think that it's fun to build together, to do, we've done inner, you know, Habitat too, but to do it with knowing that you're with other uh, brethren from the other uh, Abrahamic uh, groups is, is more is uh, really a way of doing community for young people, for old people. Uh, we put the t-shirts out uh, on, and I believe you do as well, for the gun violence every year. And th this, but, but you could come to our dedication, we could come to yours, and uh, feel, I, I think it's doing so. I'm a doer, so I don't like to just, well, sitting around and talking is nice. Uh, it's a little embarrassing to have dinner and talk about intimate things with strangers. Um, but but working side by side is really it, it, it exciting for me, but not for everybody. And you can see this is mostly an older group. We need young folks to uh, and and kids to play together. And one thing we do together is the Darfur Interfaith Network. Um, which is every, all the faiths we can find, um, Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, various kinds. They've, Jewish, Jews have as many denominations as Christians do, which I never realized. There's a, a wide variety. And probably the Muslims do t too. Yeah. Um, so Darfur, if you, see the, the, the articles in the newspapers where Bashir is, al-Bashir is their dictator who is 
busily rubbing out everybody he can possibly do. He, um, he, they are Arab Muslims and the black Muslims are anathema and they've got some oil so they can't have that. Um, yeah, they, he's a horror. Um, and the Darfur Interfaith Network, um, we demonstrate in front of the embassy once a month and when the big marches come along, we're down there. And we have marched to, with Jewish World Watch to end, um, what's the word I want? The Holocaust, to end genocide. genocide, that's the word. Well, I think uh, I'm really excited to see all the interest here, but I know our church service is starting, so if you would, I really want to thank them so much for coming, and I think maybe we can entice them to stay just a few minutes if a few of you have some more questions. But thank you so much. <laughs>